Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Last year, I rode the most kilometres I've ridden in more than a decade, and a fair portion of it was on Zwift. Mainly because it's fun, the bonus was I got fitter in the process. Zwift had me riding with friends from all over the world on courses all over the world. It also got my competitive spirit going, so I made the most of the structured workouts in an effort to get the better of my mates on our weekly meetups. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good. I am, you know what, I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, where am I? What, what country am I in? And I thought... Well, we know what country you're in because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Um, and I thought, two days to the rest day. Yep. You, you get to this point, even when you're on the ground, when normally when we're on the ground over there, you start to look forward to the rest day. It's like literally you've been working full gas and it's like, oh, day off, day off coming. Because you think you're not going to see me on your rest day? Is that what, is that what you are saying? Well, it's generally what I'm hoping, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I still don't know your room number, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny Man that. of mystery. Man. Funny that, yeah. yeah. Don't uh, worry, I'll, I'll call you. I'll call you. Don't call me, I'll call you. Uh, how wrong were we about the stage last, last night? We were preparing ourselves for a boring stage. A snooze fest, uh, yeah. Basically a snooze fest. We were saying, you know, guys, prepare. It's going to be late. It was almost the earliest we saw a finish of the whole uh, Tour de France, but what a crazy stage from the world go. Yes, yes. If And if you if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you know, and well, if you haven't, you're, you're really not a true fan. Um, spoiler alert, you probably want to switch off this pod because we're about to dissect it all, okay? The first hour, I think, was 50 kilometres or close to. Yeah. The second hour was like 48. So they did... Nearly 100 kilometres or close to in the first two hours. Yeah. It I was mean, full it gas was from, the stop, from the start. It was madness. So many riders tried to get out from the start. Campenard mm. was one of them. He tried, he tried, he tried. Uh, He's good. Uh, I, I really rate him yeah. as, a, as a rider. I mean, in the end, he He's faded. aggressive. Yeah, for sure. He, he leaves it out there, doesn't he? Uh, but in the end, uh, a breakaway went with, with a massive group. Uh, I think it was 29 riders in, a, in, in the yes, break. Yes, correct. Um, but most of the people were there. One team wasn't there, though. UAE with Pogacar. They were left behind. And normally you'd say, well, that's normal. The defending champion doesn't go in these silly breakaways. But the yellow was in the front. The yellow was in the break. Wout van Aert was in the break. Can climb on his day, by the way. Yep. Remember Can't last climb. year? Remember last yes. year? Yes. I'm, I'm, jury's out on him for me. As yep. in, I'm not convinced he won't ride GC. Not now, anyway. Yeah. Um, but let's see how this podcast develops yeah. because there might be something in it. Vincenzo Nibali, def- uh, I was about to say defending champion, former winner and, and the man who's won all three Grand Tours, one of the one of the greatest. Also had an accident uh, around the Giro time, rode yes. the Giro as a recovery ride. Yep. So he was in the break. Simon Yates, who's a fair way down on GC, but it was a strong group, yeah. basically. So... Pogacar, Alaphilippe, a few of the riders missed that break. Um, and then they tried to close the gap. Yeah, they, could, try, they tried couldn't. to stem the flow. Yeah, yeah. and they, well, they, they did stem the flow. 
but it got out to seven minutes maximum at one point. But the thing is, UAE was pretty much alone in working. Total yes. Energies tried a little bit, but they didn't try that hard, yeah. uh, to be perfectly honest. So UAE was left alone fighting against a group of 29 people where probably the best riders in the world were there. And it was, there's a little bit of, I mean, we spoke to Matt White uh, during the coverage last night, and at that point, it was a sort of an hour into the breakaway, maybe, and the the or an hour into the race, maybe a bit more. And he said, oh, "Okay, we're in for an interesting day." And I said, "Do you think it, another team will help?" And he said, "I don't think so." He said, "I don't think anyone is going to help them." And see, they had Bike Exchange had one rider there, yeah. so they had no reason to to chase because um, pretty much everyone had a rider in there except UAE. And and yeah, it was only the there was a few other teams, but they were the small teams yeah. that didn't have anyone there. So. Um, I mean, again, it's just making this race great. Yep. It made it a great race it, it, and it's thrown a curveball at the general classification. Yeah, and then if we just uh, look at another classification, the green jersey classification, Cavendish, we spoke of, of him a lot in this podcast so far, he's pretty much the man of the start of these first few days of, uh, of the Tour de France. With Van der Poel, he's, he's up there. Um, but Cavendish was in the break and challenge for the, the, the bonus point in, in the intermediate sprint. Well, he took them. Got them, mm. and then went and on then, the cruise after that. So he did his job. Like Cavendish, you can't tell me Cavendish is not chasing the green jersey. He's 100% chasing the green jersey. Well, right I mean... Now. Come on. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Settle down, settle down. Look, he's only got about a 79-point advantage over yeah. Michael Matthews. So I don't <laughs> he, know if that's enough. <laughs> he's only got more than double on Sagan, who is seven times jersey yeah. winner. He, you know what? He's got more than double. Yeah, so more than double, yeah. There is a long way to go. Yeah, so I'm, I was being facetious then, by the way, people. But it, there's a long way to go, but he's in a commanding position. Like, this is a position... Cavendish could not have dreamt of yeah. being in. He can afford a few off days. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And if you look at the classification, he's just up on 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 Van der Poel, um, but he's got a buffer of one or two stages where he can afford inverted comma of not scoring any points. Yes, this guy's scoring points, and he's still in the lead. And the points system has changed slightly over the last. I'm not sure if it's even from last year, but the last couple of years. And, and Matt White, I, I wasn't fully aware of it, but he he made a point of it last night because I asked him about. Um, Michael Matthews, you know, and where he's... And, and I, actually, I was talking upbeat for the, you know, um, genuinely, I believe Michael can still win the green. And um, he said, yeah, look, he said, yes, he can. We've got to keep chipping away along those sort of lines. That's what he said. But there's not as many points on... They're not heavily loaded on the sort of mid-mountain days. They're less than the flat days, which they've always been, but they're even a bit more less. Yeah. And the intermediate sprints are less. So that's good in some ways because at the moment, Cav's been taking them. Um, but when Michael does get the upper hand on certain days, um, you know, he won't pull back as many. Yeah. Problem, the problem for Michael yesterday, yesterday was a blow for him because that was a day yeah. that suited him. But this is where we... Uh, we, we, we um, we'll go into this in a minute, but mm. uh, this is why we got it wrong because we thought Sagan, Matthews, this kind of solid sprinter slash solid riders could actually control that stage. It was sort of written for them. And then that break, that, the breakaway that came in with this massive group sort of spoiled the day for them in a way. Yeah, and, and look, I think 
in the end, you look at you look at the last twenty kilometers. There's no way even Michael Matthews or Sagan would have gone with any of the winners. Yeah. Like they might have finished at the very best, I think seventh or eighth on the stage. They wouldn't have ended up going with um, Wout Van Aert, Vanderpol. I mean, they dropped Nibley. Yes. They attacked Nibley and dropped him. Yeah. Simon Yates as well. Sagan would not have been with Nibley or Yates. Yeah. So they would have only managed 10th maybe on the stage at the very best. So yesterday was a, a lot harder than what we anticipated. And let's remind everyone, it was the longest stage of the tour, the longest in 20 years, 21 years. So yeah, it was... It was a brutal day considering we now head into the mountains. And the winner, let's talk about the winner, Maite Mohoric. Mm. Uh, we always sort of knew Mohoric was capable of something special. Yeah. I reckon the fact that he's lost his leader in Jack Haig opens up the gates for him and for that team to do things like this. But today Mohoric was brilliant, strong, controlled. He used his, his, He had another rider with him to a certain point, he used him to the max, he attacked when he needed, and then he finished super strong. Uh, very emotional, actually, yeah. Moorich. And you know uh, who's a happy camper? Pogacar. No, no, our, our, our cameraman, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Edo. Eduardo. Edo. Shout out to Eduardo. <laughs> we have this tipping comp, which we've talked about, peeps. And back on the, in the day when we are on the ground, and Eduardo, he's not a cycling fanatic. He likes, he likes cycling, but early days, he'd keep picking Mohoric. And we're all hanging on him. <laughs> so then it became this ongoing gag about, yeah, about yeah. Mohoric. And, well, you know, guess what, mate? Your, your, your favourite cyclist is one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is really good. Uh, but you're right, he was very emotional. Yeah. And it was, it was actually a really lovely win. Yeah. And I'm really happy for him. Let's listen to uh, Maite Mohoric. Yesterday, uh, I know that today was a good stage for me. And then I checked through the old book on the other stages so I know how much to focus on on one day only, no? And I saw there is practically just one more stage suited to my characteristics, so I said, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to go to go and try to win the stage tomorrow and yeah, just focus on that. And then I somehow get into, got, in, got into the breakaway, but then I saw it was super strong riders. So yeah, uh, I don't think I could make it uh, in the last climb with them if I waited, so I said I decided to try and go early. I didn't think that I will go after the first KOM because I was just printing for the jersey but then when there was a gap I say yeah why not I just tried steady with the mind that how many kilometers still to go and then kilometer by kilometer just they were ticking off and yeah I still feeling I was still feeling okay and I just pushed all the way to the line I really couldn't believe it until the last kilometer yeah it's great to see your smile it's great to see the smile of today when he yeah. saw that he you'd won it's fantastic yeah uh, we're good friends so of course, we raced against each other on the other teams, but yeah, uh, off the bike, we are super good friends, so we we're both happy for each other. Seems that you haven't realized yet that you've won a stage on the Tour de France. Yeah, it was, uh, I've already won in Giro and Vuelta, but this is completely something else. This is the biggest race in the world, so I think it will take a time, some time to settle in. Yeah, especially with this scenario with Van Der Poel, who was in the breakaway group, it was crazy, no? It was also the longest stage by far, and I think also the stage I won in Vuelta was also the longest stage in that race, and the same goes for the stage in Giro. I can really, uh, I'm good in this uh, super long, not so brutal efforts, but I can keep keep up good pace for a very, very long time. So that's also a bit a part of the reason why I try to anticipate the way. So that was uh, Matej Moric. Um, 
all in all, a very interesting stage. Anything else that you picked in this stage? Because the, the, the GC, the general classification, has, has been modified. Yeah. But not so much, but there's some big names that cracked yesterday. Yes. Starting with Primoz Roglic. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that's the big story. That's the big story of the day. Um, Roglic, if we look at the stage results, I think you had Alaphilippe who led them in. And that was, I think, around five minutes and 15 seconds. Pogacar was in there. Lutsenko, Pierre Latour, he's riding well. Carapaz got caught on the line. Richie Port in that group. So Richie had a good day as well. Um, David Gaudou, the Frenchman, Guillaume Martin. Garrett Thomas was there. So Garrett Thomas has made a... Look, we've got to put this in perspective just for a second. Pops his shoulder out on a super tough day. He finishes in the front group. There was only 30 riders finished in that group. But back to the talking point of Roglic, nine minutes and three seconds. That was behind the winner. Yeah. So he was he lost four minutes. Now this is that was not a mountain stage. Yeah. That was that were three kilometer climbs. And he cracked on a pretty much the first the first climb. Yeah, yeah. So Roglic's tour is over. I'm saying it now. He's you you're not you get dropped on climbs like that, you're finished. You're not. You're not going to. So um, will he switch now, and will we see a, a change of tactics at Jumbo Visma, and who can take the lead? Is it automatically Wood van Aert? Wood van Aert being uh, very close on on uh, on GC on general classification. Yeah. So so let's look and at remember, it. Van der Poel is allegedly going to drop from the Tour de France at some point. Yeah. Probably may even uh, coming this Monday. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, so. We, we have sort of to remove Van der Poel from this general classification. Therefore, where is Wood Van Aert? He's second at 30 seconds off the pace. Yeah. So he has got... So he's virtually leader so He's far. got a three-minute and 13-second buffer on Tadej Pogacar. Yeah. So three minutes and 13 seconds, right? And then the list goes down. Nibali's pushed himself back up into sixth at 4.12. Alaphilippe then leads the... The sort of GC, you know, contenders, Pierre Latour, Rigoberto, Jonas Vingegaard, though. Yeah. This is the man. This is the man. Could he be the man for Jumbo? Yeah. So he's the teammate of Van Aert. He's at 5.18, right? But remember, he's right around all those guys that I just mentioned, apart from Pogacar, because the buffer Pogacar has got is really from the time trial. Remember, mm. he won that TT. But Vingegaard did a good TT, can climb, can ride GC, we believe. So I believe now they have to, they absolutely have to call the shot on Roglic, the, squad, the management, and say, that's it, you're done. You're too far back. You can't win the race. We came here to win the race with you. You cannot win it, and it's highly likely you won't finish podium. Now we must support. We must fully back Wout Van Aert, and we must fully back Jonas Vink. So they still have a plan A, plan B. They're just completely different. Yes, I think so. I think I think so, and and look, in theory, they might be saying we'll back Vingegaard in, but he's he's almost five minutes off his teammate, well Van Aert, right yeah. now. Now five minutes can be nothing. Uh, Van Aert could lose ten minutes on one mountain. And remember, yeah, yes and no. Yeah. And I want to disagree on this with you because yeah. last year... We I'm not saying he will. I'm just... <laughs> uh, be careful because remember, I'm recording all this and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping archives on what you're saying. But uh, uh, when you look at last year, Wood van Aert was extraordinary on some mountain stages. He would just go... He would finish and pull uh, Roglic up to the last... And there'd be half a dozen guys left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he would pull Roglic to the last, you know, maybe last kilometer or to, just to be that, that train in the mountain. And then there were other days where he would just lose 20 minutes... Because he would use them as 
pretty much recovery a recovery. Days. Yeah. But I remember last year though, he was not a contender. No, and it wasn't his job to be. It wasn't his job to be. It was not on job description. Yeah. The job description just changed for him now. Yeah, they've just re- they've just so, torn up his contract. Yeah. I, I asked Robbie McEwen the quest this question last night, and I said, "Call me crazy," and he goes, "You're crazy," and I said, <laughs> "Let me speak first. <laughs> He's a cheeky bugger. He's a cheeky bugger. Um, he so he, he no he doesn't think he thinks he thinks Eve, and at the point the race the stage was still on, he said nah. Van Aert has seven minutes. He'll still get caught. They'll they'll still catch him. You know, if, if he'd taken seven minutes last night. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think I don't think we can call it yet. I'm not saying the Pog won't catch him. I totally believe Pogacar will catch him. But I believe we need to entertain the idea that he could finish podium. There's a 50 kilometer TT. Exactly. It's his specialty. 58 kilometers. Yeah. TT. So you know, you've basically. Pierre Latour, Lutsenko, Alaphilippe, Rigoberto Uran, they all now have to make up nearly five minutes on him. Yeah. They won't make it up on the TT, I don't believe. So they've got to do it on the climbs. So, and they could do it in a day. You know, we could have egg on our face. But I would think Yumba Visma at the moment are crazy if they don't support him. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Ineos as well. Carapaz went on the attack. At some point we went, wow, this is this is on, this yep. is on. Yeah. All this effort for nothing. Yeah, they caught but him on the line. They caught him on the line. Yeah. Uh, how does Carapaz think? How does Ineos feel today? Well, he's picking the spear out of his back. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like they speared him as they went across the line. So uh look, that happens. You gotta pick you gotta dust yourself off the next day and just do it again. It was a good attack. And but allegedly, is this, and I'm not saying that, but is, is this amazing climber that can, you know, do anything on a climb? That's how he won the Giro. Mm. Was that climb yesterday not hard enough for him to really ditch the gap? Yeah, not hard enough, not long enough. So I don't, I don't think it tells us, it doesn't tell us either way about Carapaz, where he's at. He's going all right because he's attacked. So, but yeah, I think, I think let's wait and look tonight, tonight. We're going to we're going to yep. find out something tonight. It's not a it's not a monster day tonight, but it is a proper mountain stage. Yep. We've got our first mountain stage, two category one climbs. You know, it gives us enough, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what we have though? We have a potential amazing tour on our hand because when you look at how it's now shaped, just before the mountain, probably Pogacar won't let that slip again. Or they will try not to sleep again. Basically, Pogacar won the tour last year after being caught in the crosswinds a couple of times. Yeah. But this this basically yesterday was the cross the crosswind event from last year. Yeah. Uh, even though he lost a bit more time. But what we have now is that we have a race from Pogacar to come back to the top. We have the look to be to sort of let some air out of the tires though. In theory, he doesn't have a GC guy ahead of him still. You know, we're saying well, Van Aert maybe, but he's in fifth place. Mahoric is in front of him. Casper Asgreen, Van Aert, as I mentioned, and then Van der Poel. Yeah. So he's still, you know, he's still got the upper hand on most of his GC guys. Uh, Nibali at one point was three minutes ahead of Pogacar on the road, as in, in general classification terms. He ended up losing ground and he's... He's 30 seconds behind Pogacar now. So they, when you look at it, 
UAE actually did a pretty good job. They they burned some biscuits. But the, and look, I think the real question is, are the GC teams going to gang up on him more and more? Surely they did it last night. They're going to try this again. Yeah. So this is this is going to be. A but real that's chess what game. I meant in terms of of exciting is mm. uh, this basically a one for all, all for one against Pogacar. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. And against UAE. I think what's interesting. I think tonight will be fascinating, personally, and tomorrow. Just does Pogacar attack them? Yeah. Or does he play this real, you know, defensive role and just follows, follows, follows? And just watches watches GC guys get dropped. I'm thinking he does that, and he waits. He's going to wait. And and then the management there, you know, you got ex pros that that are running that team. They're going to say, mate, we're not even we're not even we're just at the end of first week. Yeah, we haven't had a mountain day. Just follow. You don't need to attack. Just follow. Just follow. Just follow. Follow the best, and and see what happens. And I think I think that's what'll happen tonight. Okay. But someone like Ala Philippe. In his attacking style, he won here. He won on this. He won uh, Grand Bonnet, yeah, Le, Le Gros, yeah, uh, a few years ago. Uh, you get Alaphilippe bouncing around. Yeah, um, he, he doesn't want to give Alaphilippe too much ground, does he? No, I don't I think don't so. Think. No. no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the stage tonight. So, uh, quick recap: where where are we? How many kilometers? And uh, and the Grand Bonnet, of we course. We are Ionex. Ionex. Oh, you know. You don't say the X at the end. Oh, you know. You do say it, you don't say it. Yeah. Make up your mind. You it's people. just a rule. You know? no, Le Grand Bonnet is the finish. And we have a Category 3, a Category 4, and then three Category 1s. Nothing, they're not monster days. So the Category 1s are 900 metres up, almost 1,300 metres. And, uh, and then the final climb, which is the Col de la Colombier. 1,600 meters. So it's, so it's big enough. It's a, it's a finish, not at the mountain top. It's a it's a it's a downhill finish. Yes, down finishes at almost a thousand meters. Yeah. So it doesn't drop right down to sea level, but it, it descends, and and this is the famous. Well, that mountain is where we saw Annemiek van Vluten win La Course yeah. that same day, and she caught Anna van der Breggen. She chased her on the descent, yeah. and she caught her in the last fifty meters. Yeah, remember that. The, and it was—it's possibly the best La Course in the eight editions yeah, yeah. that we've seen. That was a—that was an amazing day, actually. Um, but yeah, this is so it's going to shake stuff up. Yeah. But what I like about this course is, it's not a monster monster day, but it's enough for someone like Alaphilippe just to cause some problems. Yeah. You know, if he's feeling good, and he attacks. He attacks Pogacar, he attacks, or, or, or even, you know, Wout van Aert, or just a, there's a few other guys here that could cause some... Um, and the thing with Alaphilippe... It uh, could annoy yeah. Pogacar. Sorry. And the thing with Alaphilippe, uh, we all say, oh, they won't let him go and so on. But I reckon Pogacar doesn't necessarily see Alaphilippe as a contestant for him. I'm not yeah. sure he rates him as seriously for the, for, the, for the end goal of the yellow jersey in Paris. Yeah, so I there, agree. So therefore... Therefore, in, in all these teams, they might actually let him go. Uh, or, or it might be easier for him to snip out because unless they really don't want him to win a well, stage. Well, what I like, Pogacar will, I think, maybe, like you say, let him go. Or if he yeah. attacks, he'll say, you know, he's not my big yeah. threat. But the other GC guys have to be wary of it. So they might react. So this will then, this will then blow the race up. Yeah, exactly. Because they'll have to react. Yeah. They'll be like, hang on, he can, he can potentially podium here, which is a spot I want. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's where, in some ways, Pogacar, he's still got the upper hand because they'll fight amongst themselves. 
and he'll just sit there and, and be a bystander. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's no, it's got there's a lot can unfold, I think. Absolutely. Orino is going to be an interesting stage, an interesting weekend overall. Yes. Uh, and, and sorry to interject, if I can just say, and we need to sort of chat on this, the intermediate sprint is at 44 kilometres. Yeah. So, and it's literally small climb at the start, good, good, good for the break to get away, and then it's more or less downhill, a um, couple of rollers to the intermediate sprint. Michael Matthews, he's got to keep chipping away. He's got to aim for the breakaway today. If he can just get that 15 points, get maximum, he just starts to eat into the lead. Yep. Now is the time that he needs to start making inroads. So you see a breakaway coming straight from the from the flag? I think pretty so. Pretty much, but then get, getting caught out somewhere in the mountains? Yeah, I think so. Breakaway goes early and potentially gets caught, you know, before the last climb. Yeah, I think, I think that's what we'll see. But remember, we were completely wrong last night, so... We never know. We were <laughs> off the charts wrong, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was. But yeah, not just us. Like I'm watching a couple of other coverage. Although uh, Mark Fallahay uh, picked Jasper Stoyman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how. Yeah. I reckon he's got intel. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Mark Fallahay is our super editor. He's yeah. the guy that yeah. does all the, yeah. uh, the all the wonderful openers you see and wonderful uh, montage of, of uh, photos. I reckon he's seen the film before. Well, he's a tipping guru too. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's almost a better tipping guru than he is editor. Yeah. yeah, and that's which saying is, something. Which is boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming, Maka. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift until next time same place same time tomorrow it's bye for now before we go a quick word on our sponsor Zwift on Zwift you can explore the world while having fun training at home even better you can do it during the tour as part of the fun is fast series the events include group workouts and group rides fondos races and as we all know the tour ignites the competitive spirit in some of us time trials ventop which is a replica of mon bon 2 and women's wednesday rides all you need is a bike trainer and the zwift app visit zwift.com and hopefully i'll see you on there soon ride on